guys? How's it going? Episode 43 of SoCal Watch Reviews. I am Miguel. Yeah. And with me, I got P. P, how's it going? Oh, it's going great, man. It's your boy P. Ross back in the building for another one. Episode 43. Let's get it. Yep. No no uh, guest today. Just uh, P. Ross and me. Shooting doing this, doing it, doing it old school, doing it old school, baby. We have some people lined up, but uh, you know they're, they're they're a little busy, so we we figured, hey, want to do an episode just us? We have kind of a format of what we're going to talk about, but honestly, you're probably getting a little peek as to what goes on behind the scenes and how we talk when we're on the phone, um, kind of. <laughs> right, right. But uh, but yeah, man, what what are you wearing today? Casio. I told you, man, it's all about that Casio love from when I go to work, man. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm, we'll, I'm not playing around. Yeah, we'll, we'll definitely uh, yeah. dive into that a, a little bit because you, you, <laughs> there's a crazy story about that. What, what is that? What kind of Casio? G-Shock? Duro? No, 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 no. This is the Casio. Let me see if I can read the back of this joint. Uh, AE184W. You know what I'm saying? My wife actually gave me this one, so. Oh, that's a, oh yeah, okay, that's the one that you told yeah. me about. Yeah, 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 I could see it. I could see it. That's pretty cool. Is that like an integrated bracelet? You can't change it, or? Yeah, I can actually change it, but the bracelet that it came on, I took it off because the the uh, the buckle part was clipped off. What? So I had yeah yeah, you know, it's a thrift store special for like four ninety nine. Oh hell yeah, that's what's so up. you know. So uh, I had an old Casio resin strap, and I just put it on there, and it worked perfect. Oh, okay. That's cool. Yeah. Well, today I am wearing Notice Retrospect 2, uh, the Salmon uh, Dow, uh, Salmon Sky, uh, on its original bracelets, taking away NH35 movement. I mean, there's a review on my on my YouTube channel if you want to go yeah. check it out. But Oh, we. Yep. Oh, yeah, we. This thing is awesome, man. Microbrands, I look if for anybody that's new listening to the show. If you go back to episode two, I think when I was doing this by myself, um, there's a there's an episode there my, about how microbrands is like half an hour long. <laughs> now, oh my god, I just I just completely bashed the micro microbrand uh, companies and world, and I was just ignorant to be honest with you i had never handled a micro brand i didn't know what i was talking about i was just kind of going based on on brand and heritage it just it didn't make any sense so kind of like us if we talk down about some big uh, expensive luxury brand it kind of doesn't make sense because we haven't had a chance to really play with those right so i mean we could talk all we want about well we'll never spend that kind of money but it's probably worth every penny you know so we oh yeah absolutely past judgment on something like that man but uh but something exciting happened p obviously our our good friend of the show nicholas from fierce watches he just released shout out to nicholas yeah we're, we're gonna definitely have him back on the show he's been super busy but he did tell us that he wants to come back on and we definitely want him back on so um he released two two watches you wanna you wanna let everybody know kind of what he what he uh what new releases yeah. he has going on yeah, uh, the first release is the Fierce Brunswick Salmon mm-hmm. watch. Um, case is 316L stainless steel, 33, 38 millimeters. I'm sorry, I'm used to so 
33 millimeters. That's on my mind. But uh, <laughs> lug width is 20 millimeters. The movement is a top grade ETA 7001 manual winding, 17 joules, 21,600 vibrations per hour, over 40 hours power reserve, finished with the Cotes D Geneva, Geneva, whatever, and applied Golden Fierce Pipe It. The glass is a sapphire crystal to front and back, both with multiple layers of anti-reflective coating. The dial on this one is that copper salmon dial, 18 karat rose gold, and copper galvanic color. Um, yeah. You know, just, just, and looking at it, that's awesome man well there's there, something cool about these watches because we'll get into the other one but something and this is straight out of their their press it mm-hmm. says these are the first fears watches to be fitted with the new edwin numerals mm-hmm. named after the founder of the company they have been specially created for fears by a horological typographer lee yuen rapiti having spent time in the fears archive Absorbing all the different typefaces with fierce that fierce has used throughout its history, he created a new typeface that is modern, yet influenced by them. The result is very elegant, classic. So yeah, man, it's 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 pretty cool. So if you see everything right here, um, the the attention to detail is crazy. I know his watches are not inexpensive for what they for a microbrand watch. They're what four thousand. Like a little over Mm $4,000. But I mean, you know, some of the things that they do, like say for instance with the numerals, they they do cut them with a CNC machine, but um, they are diamond polished and sandblasted to create a perfectly smooth and uh, matte finish. So yeah, no, they're they're definitely super cool. They're all floating around on on Instagram. So if you go to the Fierce Watches uh, website, you could definitely see that and what about the other one the other one is the the other one is the brunswick uh, midas brunswick right Brunswick midas where is it at? where is it at? yeah that one has uh silver silver dial and uh, rhodium plating that gives a pale champagne effect with the golden hands and numerals right and of course it has the new edwin numerals on them and the new dial layout uh that now i guess proudly states that it's made in england which i don't know if right. probably didn't uh and it has a that made in england at the six o'clock but looking at yeah. these i mean they, they have that fierce dna in them but definitely you could tell that that nick definitely stepped it up and i think they're getting a lot of good traction a lot of people loving these of course right um what i what i really like about them i like the the, the second hand yeah you know what I'm saying, and I really like how the 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 minute and the hour hands are like that. Skeletonized. Like that. I, yeah, I love that. I love. Yeah, that. and and that's something a lot of companies don't don't pull off very well, right? This the skeletonized is just kind of not something that you see very often, and I, I just love how he really sticks with that cushion style case. Not a lot of manufacturers do that, or can even pull it off, right? Right. So the fact that Nick just kind of really doesn't deviate from its DNA 
and bring something like this to the table. It's, it's incredible, you know, and, mm-hmm. and kudos to him. I mean, he, again, we go back to Rolex, right? Releasing some, some cool, you know, um, color variations with OP or whatever, but everything else, man, it's like, really, they, they did the same thing. They just changed some specs here right. and there, which, which I get it because it's, um, it's part of their DNA and it's what they do. And it's what they're known for. And they just don't rock the boat. They just change a little bit and they know it's going to be a success as opposed to other companies, which is okay. I get it. But then you have the micro brand world just coming out with fire, you know, Um, is it inexpensive? No. And I think Mm. Nicholas knows that, but we as consumers don't know what goes into something like this, all the hours spent um, marketing, um, you know, just, just, just so much that goes into it. Right. And that's one of the ridiculous things that, uh, comments that I get on my, on my channel with like micro brands, like the King watch company, right. The unboxing, I get people saying like, Oh, that's such a ripoff. It's less than 300 bucks. And right. they're saying it's a ripoff because it's a Chinese movement and it's a, it's an NH 35 and actually that one's a Yoda, but that they're saying there's a Chinese movement. It's like, get your facts, right. It's a Japanese movement. And he does give you a lot for the money. Uh, is he building these watches or any other company? Are they building the watches for half the cost that they're selling to you? Yeah, maybe building it, but you got to take into consideration all the other overhead that goes into it. You know what I mean? Yes, so sir. people complain about prices about micro brands, yet they're not complaining about paying $10,000 or $15,000 for a Rolex. Like, right. It doesn't make any sense, you know, mm-hmm. but, but I think these are super cool. Uh, we definitely What do you have, think about that crown though? I love the crown. I was yeah, going to say crown. that onion, onion cell yeah. crown, really reminiscent of kind of like uh, IWC for whatever reason. Right. It's kind of like yeah. a combination of like an elegant piece, yet sporty, kind of a little bit. Right. Like I will, lo- I, I, I know it's probably blasphemy, and Nick would hate this, but I would love to see this on like a, a NATO strap or something, or like a silicone a strap. Yeah, can you imagine? I think, that? I think, I think it's a, a black silicone would be dope. I think so. Yeah. Or or check this out. How about you? And I'm looking at the Salmondale one just because it, it, that's yeah. kind of my more more my color. Right. You imagine this kind of on a, a vintage kind of mesh stainless steel bracelet. That'd be hot. That that'd be that'd super be cool. Because I mean, this is this is super dressy with the leather, kind of how right. he gives it to you or sells it to you. Right. But I I could only imagine kind of like what, just all stainless steel. What color NATO? What you thinking? Ooh, that's a good one. For well, I don't, I don't think the one that's gold would be good on a NATO. That's too dressy. But I think the one, I think the salmon one, man. I dang, I don't know. I, I would even like to pair it with like a. Oh, I don't know. That's a good question. Mm. Would it, would a bond NATO be too much? I mean, be, it, I think it would have to be a single color. Like what? A, Okay. All black, or maybe even like a a dark brown, maybe. Well, looking if you're looking at the salmon color one, uh, I'm just kind of looking at a picture. and I'm really looking at the details here. The skeletonized hands are actually a dark blue. What about like a nice kind of dark blue NATO strap, and not a yeah. not a big NATO strap, but like a single pass NATO, so it could right. fit yeah. nicer right. on your wrist. Yeah. Nick, make it happen. I know he has some really, really cool um, straps. He sells wool straps. I don't think a lot of mm. people are selling wool straps. That would actually look right. really nice on a wool strap. Mm. Yeah, they nice though, man. I'm yeah, 
Yeah, for sure. And by the way, the guy that got commissioned to do the the uh, numerals um, has actually been commissioned by Ming and Roger Smith. I mean, two big heavy hitting you know companies. Obviously, Ming is a micro brand, and a lot of people love Ming and Roger Smith, of course, a legend. So yeah, and if you haven't checked them out, definitely go to the IG, go to the Fierce Watch uh, IG, check them out, and. Uh, yeah, no, it, uh, they've actually been in business. Well, obviously not continuously, but the business ran for 130 years for Fierce Watches, mm. close until, you know, they closed in the in 76. But of course, Fierce Watches was revived by our friend Nick in right. 2016. And it says in 2016, the year, the year the business would have celebrated its 170th anniversary. Mm. And of course, it was reestablished by him. So much success. Uh, much uh, love and respect uh, that we sent to our friend Nick for oh, yeah. sure, for he sure. Because he got a hit, he got a hit. Yeah, no, he he just keeps winning and winning and winning. And I know uh, uh, after the pandemic, he's going to be a, a definitely a busy boy. He loves to travel, so yeah, that's uh, hopefully one day we'll get to meet him. I don't know how because we're in two completely parts. Uh, or locations here in, in uh, the United States. So a lot right. of people think that we record together. We're in the same city. We're not. Hey, we're Hey, man, look, man, I could be headed to Cali pretty soon. Me and my wife, we talking about it. So during the pandemic, <laughs> I mean, after everything is, you know, right. But, but it, it, it's, it, it could definitely happen, man. Okay. That'd you know be super cool. So. It'll be super cool meeting P. Ross. We've known each other for over a year, talked a lot, and we've never met in person. So, (laughs) but but a um. So we we love spreading love and positivity. And I got this message from Escapement Twenty Four a few weeks ago now, probably even months. And I meant to talk. Yeah, I meant to talk about it, and I just it got it got lost in my pictures. I took a screenshot of it, and we definitely want to give you a shout out, uh, buddy. So Escapement Twenty Four on Instagram. He says, and I quote, "Hi, buddy. Just wanted to say that I really enjoy the podcast." I recently started appreciating the affordable end of this hobby, and I'm blown away by some of the watches I discovered out there that offer so much for their price. To add a watch to my collection, it has to have some interesting unusual qualities, whether the brand story, the movement, or the design, or ideally a combination of all three. I've got pieces in there worth Rolex money right now, right down to sub $300 pieces. Variety is what makes this hobby so interesting, in my opinion. Keep up the great work, and let me know if I could ever help to contribute or contribute. So, thank you so much, buddy. Uh, we appreciate it, uh, P. Ross, myself. Yes, and sir. Anybody else listening? This is the kind of love that that keeps us motivated and keeps us going, right, P? Yes, sir. Absolutely. No. Yeah, yeah, we hate we hate all the ne- all the negative messages, but you know what? They inspire us to to maybe better ourselves or uh, look at things a little bit different. Of course, we're not going to please everybody, but yeah, people like this, we we definitely appreciate it. This is super cool, and I know I had another one after we had a junior from the King Watch Company. Somebody left a really nice message, and that's time peace love on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Time peace love, and I quote. Really great interview. You guys are so chill and love the questions and vibe throughout the whole interview. 
truly inspiring to have someone like King Watch Company doing this thing and providing quality products with heart and meaning behind it. Happy you guys took your time for a nice, genuine interview. It's, it's a beautiful thing being part of this watch community. I'm now subscribed and looking forward to past and future material. So mm. time, peace, love, sending our peace and love to you, my friend. Thank you yes, so sir. much. Thank you so much for, for the support for reals. And then um, peace. So we, we didn't really know what we were going to do this week. Right. And we, I, I, I put out a kind of like a thing asking questions or like, ask us, yeah, ask yeah. us something. Can I say something first about the questions? Yeah, for sure. Man. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, like to everybody who submitted a question, we had over a hundred questions. You know what I'm saying? We only chose two or three cause we didn't want to take up the long span of a people's time. You know what I mean? So if we didn't get to your question, we're sorry. It's all love, but we only chose like two or three questions. So, yeah, but keep submitting your questions. Maybe we'll answer them in the next episode. So, so for sure, we, we definitely like to interact with our, with our audience, but you know, we, we got questions from people that we actually know. So one of them is from timeless and company. So Omar, we've had him on the show. Shout and out then, to Omar. And then two questions from our friend Abib from my affordable watch collection. So shout out to Abib. He has yet to be on the show, but I will try to convince him at some point. Um, so let's start off with Omar because Abib has two questions. So we'll, we'll start off with Omar. His question is, where do you guys see your podcast, YouTube, and this hobby in the next five years? So question for us both. P, you want to you wanna take it away five years span? Where do you see yourself with the podcast, your YouTube channel, and he said our collection, right? Uh, and the hobby. So I guess your, your collection or just a hobby in general. Uh, first, I see the podcast just blowing up into outer space. Ooh. You understand what I'm saying? I, I see the SoCal watch reviews, you know what I'm saying, up there with the big boys of the watch podcast industry. You know what I'm saying? Because I feel like, you know, although they have things to offer, we have different things to offer that a lot of people can get into that they can't get into with those other podcasts. You know what I mean? So I really feel like we're going to blow up and we're going to be humongous in five years. As far as YouTube, same thing for my channel and Brother Miguel's channel. You know what I mean? Blowing up taking it to the moon. As far as the hobby go, hey, just going to keep building and building and building. You know what I mean? That's all you can do. <laughs> you know? Man, five years. What a, what a projection. I mean, if, if you would have told me five years ago that I was going to be into watches so much that I was going to be waking up at 6.30 in the morning on a Sunday, I will tell you you'd be crazy because I used to like watches, but I never – love watches to this extent um so a lot could happen in five years you know hopefully we're still we're still around and and meaning health wise you know because there's right. so much craziness in the world with fires and pandemics and everything so mm -hmm. first and foremost i just i just really hope that uh, we get the opportunity to still be alive but if we do get the opportunity to still be alive you definitely hit the the nail on the head we've been doing this for about a year on about a podcast year. We've been getting a lot of traction, especially lately, a lot of love. So I definitely feel and know that if if we keep 
doing our work and keep collaborating with people and just being part of the community, you're right. You know, we're going to be up there with the greats and you hit the nail on the head as, as well, saying that we do offer something different than our, you know, other, other podcasts, um, colleagues Mm -hmm. not to say that they don't offer something good of course they do and every single person brings something great to the table so if any other podcasters listening uh, I'm pretty sure we've had communication with you behind the scenes and look we're just humble people and even if we amass massive success or whatever we're not going to change it's not going to change anything it's not going to go to our heads you know we've we started doing a lot of collaborations lately especially on our mm-hmm. youtube channel right with uh, companies now reaching out to us and the free product and that doesn't change anything i mean it's, right. it's cool to to say hey a company contacted me and i'm special enough to get free product now but it's not going to change the way that we that we operate if anything right. it just motivates us to really just keep going you know um so that's where i see the absolutely. podcast absolutely yeah, and, and also for the podcast, I see ourselves definitely, and let us know what you think if you're listening to this. We, we even been talking about maybe perhaps opening up a, a website, you know, maybe creating like a little blog and having people contribute there. I know pretty much every podcast out there has a website. And, and also the thing that's kind of interesting is that SoCal Watch Reviews really started that's me. So that's why a lot of people get it confused and think P is kind of like part of that account um, and kind of part of my YouTube channel as well. But it's it's not like that because everything was just kind of different. So we even talked about, right, P? Well, you, you, didn't, you didn't start it like you wanted a co-host. You started no, right, right. And we, okay. and we talked about maybe changing the name of the podcast to not be SoCal Watch Reviews and be something more generic where we can be both a part of it and maybe start an Instagram account with just the podcast name. But we're like, we've, we've been getting a lot of traction and to change everything and kind of have people a little confused is a little hard, but let us know what you think. Uh, do you, would you like to see a different name for the podcast? I mean, we just kind of stuck with SoCal watch reviews across the board, but we're definitely open to changing the name of the podcast and starting an Instagram page, maybe a website and all dedicated towards just the new name of the podcast. And of course we would run our YouTube accounts separate. And of course our Instagram accounts separate, but, um, that's where I see myself with, with the podcast. And of course, better equipment, maybe down the line, you know, um, uh, we, we've invested some money now in equipment, but you know, we're, we're small. Uh, so we definitely aren't, are willing to maybe invest in the future and, and make it sound even better. Right. Peace. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's a great question about that. And YouTube channel. Oh man. Um, so Oh, five years. Gee. Um, so hopefully I'm still motivated in five years to keep doing YouTube. It's uh, YouTube is one of those things where a lot of people just don't subscribe, you know, been doing YouTube for longer than I've been doing the podcast. And I'm at 1200 subscribers P year. You hit 500 and something. So yeah. It's, it's kind of demotivating, to be honest with you, to keep doing YouTube. And I know we keep saying, like, well, we're doing it for ourselves. But at the end of the day, I mean, it, it's nice to get kudos from from other from your peers, you know, to say a hey, good job or getting a like, getting a subscribe. 
because that keeps motivating you to say, hey, I'm doing a good job. But if nobody's watching your videos, it's like, okay, I guess I'm really just doing this for myself. And I mean, it's at the end of the day, it just kind of doesn't work out that way. Or else you wouldn't be putting it out on the internet for everybody to see. You just be filming yourself on your phone and just rewatching right. it, you know? But um, I, like I said, we've been getting a lot of traction with companies and kind of reaching out to us and stuff like that. So yeah, five years, I, I, I'm not going to shut down the YouTube channel, but I don't know if I would be consistently uploading. It all depends. It all depends. If, if I, mm -hmm. if I amass a, a huge following, then yeah, of course I'll take it a lot more serious and maybe not, not as a, as a business, just because I, I don't know if I could ever survive or my wife will let me allow, allow me to just survive doing the podcast and the YouTube thing. I, I don't see that happening, but if it gets to that point, that'd be cool. But I definitely could see it as something that could um, generate a little bit of money to help support my either a, my hobby or b my family, you know, right. extra, extra money to pay the bills and stuff. So definitely that's where I see myself with that. And as far as the collection, man, I know this is going to sound crazy, but I've had this thought for a while and, and I keep thinking about it. I'm like, man, Every time I open my watch box, it seems like more watches and more watches and more watches keep appearing. And it's like, it's getting to the point where I don't really wear a lot of the watches and they're just kind of sitting there collecting dust and it's kind of, kind of sucky. And to be honest with you, some of them, like the Q Timex, I don't wear it. I've only worn it since I've owned it and I've owned it for what, a year now? Mm -hmm. I think I've only worn it maybe five times, if that, but it makes for cool footage because of the aesthetic of it. So it looks cool on film. It looks cool on pictures for like Instagram. So it's like, I have a watch that I don't wear, but it looks cool um, <laughs> to be photographed, which is kind of ridiculous. If you think about it, it's a prop, basically a prop. Um, and I have other watches in there also that I hardly wear and, and same thing. I just, I just have them just because they look cool. So where am I going with this? Where I'm going with this is I wouldn't be opposed to selling off pretty much the entire collection and maybe just getting one nice expensive watch. But I'm torn because I'm like, would that make me happy? Because I think that's what would make me happy. But again, I'm, I'm probably lying to myself because I always think like, oh, I'm just going to get one more watch and, and that's it. And, and, and then it never goes that way, you know? Mm. so i don't i don't really know where i the infamous one watch collection i don't know well look i don't know if i can have one watch collection and that's actually going into a beeps question so he has two questions right mm -hmm. um let's see well his two questions are kind of tied uh with uh like well, collection, right? So a B from my affordable watch collection on YouTube and Instagram, he goes, if you could keep only one watch in your current collection, which one will it be? And then it goes into, if it's a twofold question, and would you replace that one watch with your grail watch if you had the chance? So two questions. So let's answer the first one. If you could keep only one watch in your current collection, which one would it be? P, one watch. I know this, this is a watch. tough one for you. Omega, uh, Hamilton, uh, uh, 
don't know. You should see P. Ross. He's, he's, he, turned, he literally turned around and he's looking at his collection <laughs> right now and he's almost in tears. Abib, what did you do to I my man? No. Um, uh, I'll go with the Omega uh, Seamaster. Is there a reason why? You know what I'm saying? I, I love this thing, man. This, ooh, this joint is fly. You know what I mean? Like I had it on the other day and I looked at it in the sun and it looked at me and it said, I love you. Wow. And, it, and I said, I love you back, baby. You know what I'm <laughs> so. And the funniest thing is that you got that watch when we kind of started the podcast, remember? Right, yeah. You just um, started it, and then yeah. you called me. You were, like, super excited. You're like, oh, right. my God. Oh, my God. Guess right. what? Guess what I found? Yeah. Right, yeah. So yeah. I, I I go with that. I to, Just to not think about it so much, I just go with that. And then, uh, well, let me answer that question, and then we'll go into the other one. So my, if you could keep only one watch in your current like collection, which one would it be? That's that's an interesting one, man. Like I was, I was gonna go, of course, with the Omega because I'm like, well, it's a more expensive one. That's like the one that really hurt when I bought it and this and that. But I'm gonna be honest with you, I don't wear it as much, and I don't wear it as much because it's vintage. And we I already have- know where you're going. Ah, uh, I already uh, well, know what you want. Okay, where, where, where? I'm not Sarp, even... Sarp. Yep. Sarp. Yep. <laughs> yep. That's right. That's right. I already. And, uh, I know. I have some pieces in the collection, like the Biloba Precision. Is my wife gave me that watch when she was pregnant. It was my first Father's Day gift. Super special, and that was even before I was like really heavy into watches. And that meant so much to me because I used to, I, I, I saw that watch in the, like Macy's Nordstrom's kind of like a department store for everybody outside of the U.S. that probably doesn't know what that is. But um, yeah, I used to just be in the, in the watch section or whatever. And I used to see that thing and I was like, man, that thing looks so cool. I, I hope uh, I could own something like that one day. And it was like 300 and something bucks. But to me, that was a lot of money. And I used to tell her about it all the time when we used to go to to the store. And I guess she remembered and she just surprised me with it. So you would think I would say that watch or you would think I would say my Bulova Accutron because my dad gave me that watch and it's an heirloom and he said it's in the 70s, right? Um, Or you would think I would say even my new Auras or vintage Auras that I got because my mom got it for me, right, for my birthday. Um, I mean, there's so many pieces that I've gotten you know the notice i got this for father's day slash my mm-hmm. birthday for my wife um and i know i should pick something that's sentimental to me but to be honest with you they wouldn't be worn that much because i don't wear these watches so much but the seiko sar is a watch that i wear constantly i mean that thing is beat up because it's just so versatile to me it's just comfortable it's versatile i could change the straps on it it, it goes well with a lot of things and the journey that I had with that watch was crazy. I don't, I'm, I'm sure I've said the story before, but I owned it in the collection and I had to sell off a, uh, like four pieces in the collection to get the Omega Speedmaster. So I sold four pieces from the collection. That was one of them because I knew that it was kind of a hot watch and I knew I could sell it relatively quickly. So I did. And the funny thing is, I sold three watches in the collection and I had a little bit of money saved and the Seiko Sarb was for sales on eBay and it wasn't getting, uh, it was getting some traction, but nobody was pulling the trigger. Why why, why don't you tell the people how much it cost then? The Sarb? Yeah. So I picked up the Sarb 
pre-owned the first time for like 325 like 325 bucks so i didn't know anything uh, i had never seen it in the in the metal i i saw videos of it of course and all the hype around it but it wasn't until a video from theo and harris inspired me and i forget the title of it but basically he went into this custom tailor shop to get like a shirt or something he got fitted and it's funny he's either talking to the guy and they're both dressed really nice and christian had on a rolex date date presidential solid gold black dial oh my god i mean that's one of my grails but then the guy that he was getting fitted by um was wearing a sarb a sarb a seiko sarb and i didn't know what it was but it looked like a rolex to me or something and then they do like a wrist wrist check or shot together for like the camera and they both put their watches together and i took a caption of that and i was like what is that what is he wearing and i went through the comments i saw what it was i'm like oh seiko sarb dang it looks really nice um did a little more research and then it's funny i went to a few family members and i asked them i said hey which one looks like a more expensive watch to you and of course people went with the gold one because they're like oh well that one i'm assuming is gold it's more expensive and i said well do you think these two watches are like far apart in price by the thousands, by the hundreds. Everybody's like, no, they, they look pretty expensive, like both of them. And then when I told them, oh, the Rolex Presidential is in the thousands, but this Seiko Sarv is like less than 500 bucks. They're like, oh, dang, mm. that's, that's crazy because that thing looks money, you know? So anyway, I, I picked it up on eBay, had it for a few months, loved it. I was super impressed with the quality when I first got it. But here's where the story takes an interesting turn. So I had it up for sale. Um, but this opportunity came up to get the Speedmaster, And I told my wife, I said, Hey, can I borrow from our savings account? You know, I think it was like 400 bucks or 450 bucks. That's what I was short. And then when I sell the Seiko Sarb, I'll replenish the money. She's like, okay, well you better do that. Like, okay. So borrowed the money. I bought the, the Omega. I was super happy with it, but I was having second thoughts about the Seiko Sarb, but I couldn't go back because I had kind of made a promise to the wife that I was going to put the money back and I I wasn't going to get into an argument over a stupid watch, you know, but (laughs) I was going to take it off and just kind of have it dormant and sell it at one point. And that day when I was going to do that, it sold. So (laughs) I was almost in tears. Seriously, man, I was almost in tears. Um, I was so angry that day. I packaged it up and my wife said, well, what's wrong? And I told her, she's like, well, why'd you put it up for sale? You should have just saved a little bit longer than for the other watch. I was mm. like, yeah, I know, whatever. So I sent it off and I was super angry and I made it a point and I made myself a promise that I was going to get it back in the collection. Well, when I sold that watch, prices started going up and up and mm-hmm. up. And I was like, oh man, I made a mistake. What did I do? Why did I get rid of it? But long story short, it was like not even two months later, I just came up with money or I forgot how I came up with the money or begged my wife to let me buy it again. And I ended up picking another pre-owned one for pretty much the same price that I sold mm. the other one. So now that I've had it in the collection for over a year, man, there's no way I'm going to get rid of it. I mean, it's a great watch, man. And they're so expensive now. I can never, right. I will never spend that kind of money on it. You know, it's, it's worth maybe sub 500 bucks but it's not worth what people are asking for it right now which is crazy it, it, it's going up a little over 500 dollars now oh for sure for sure and if you want to pick it up brand new which there's a few sellers out there um dang i think they want like a thousand bucks for that mm-hmm. watch and i know it's gonna get up there just because it's become it's getting that legendary status you know um 
type of watch from Seiko. And I get it. I mean, I, I love it. You know, I know you don't get a chance to love it because your wife wears it all the time, but it's, it's a yeah. well-built watch, yeah. well-finishing. I mean, I, I just couldn't believe it was like 300 something bucks when it first came out. I was like, it was so undervalued to be honest with you. But anyway, that's a long answer to that, to that question. If I could just keep one watch, it'll be that one. So it has a crazy story, but the sentimental value really is just that I like it so much, you know, but that's the one watch that I will keep now. And would you replace that one watch with your grail watch if you had a chance? So Pete? In a, in a heartbeat. In a heartbeat. Which is? The Brightly Na- Navi Timer. Yes. Yes. In a heartbeat. Yeah. My, my grill, and I, I keep saying it, Rolex Mariner uh, reference 16800, birth year watch, 1983, transitional model. Give me that piece. I will wear it proudly. I would sell everything in my collection all my straps even the watch box i'll sell that just to get (laughs) (laughs) i'll sell the watch podcasting equipment (laughs) we'll be recording this from our phones um right 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 yeah those rolex man i i I recently saw a video from somebody that we had in the show cam from craft and taylor he put out a video for transitional pieces and he had on or he featured that uh, Rolex Mariner uh, reference number 16800. And oh my God, this is like, I'm so in love with that piece. But I saw how much he's selling it for $10,000. I'm mm. like, oh my goodness. Can how... you put me on a payment plan, please? Jeez, <laughs> man. Do you take food stamps? No. Um, right, right. It's crazy. Like, I, I just can't believe vintage Rolexes are fetching so much money. Like, it's 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 crazy. It's crazy, especially the older Rolexes. Like, right. they weren't constructed that well. Everybody knows that, man. They're not like the new Rolexes. They're, it's just you're paying for the name. That's all you're paying for, really, or that legendary status. But I don't well, any of these things, ain't that all we paying for, whether it's cheap or expensive? Yeah, I mean, unless you're talking F.P. Jorn or something like that, where you're like, all right, a part of it is the, the name, but just the construction, the attention to detail, knowing right. how many hours went into it. But now we're talking, I mean, expensive, expensive pieces. But yeah, there's some watches that you, you go kind of like, you know, they're, they're just kind of, you're paying too much money for what it is. And you're really just paying for the name. That's something that right. I like about Omega. I mean, you, you get something so legendary still like the omega speedmaster brand new for what what does it cost five thousand five thousand a little over five thousand dollars so i mean that's that's not cheap but it's not stupid expensive you know i mean well omega like this is just my opinion i don't know how you feel about it but i think they have a little bit more richer history than rolex yeah for sure i mean they're older for sure right you know what I mean? So, and to get an Omega Speedmaster 5000 versus a Rolex, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'd rather have the Omega Speedmaster. Well, it's like you look sure. at the Daytona and it's like, why did it become so famous? You know, right. it was, it was what it wasn't, they didn't go to space. Right, right. You know? Mm-hmm. I mean, even below the Lunar Pilot went to space. So, exactly. And the you know? Lunar Pilot is so undervalued. I mean, people right. don't. I mean, I, I guess it's the sizing and the movement it has in it, but it doesn't even cost 500 bucks. It costs less than 500 bucks. So I don't know mm. what it is about Rolex. I'm, I'm telling you, it's like, 
it's funny we bash Rolex so much, yet we both really like Rolex. Obviously, one oh of yeah, yeah, is a Rolex. oh yeah, for sure, love Rolex. Just, I guess you know what it is. We're just being haters because we can't afford them, and they're right. just getting more expensive. But in, uh, in, in my next video, there was a we were on the expressway. In my next video, and I got it in my next video where there was a billboard of Rolex on the expressway, biggest day. I said, "What the fuck." I got to turn around and get footage of this motherfucker. You'll see. It. It's a trick. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Actually, where I in the well, we call it freeway over here in in California. But same thing, man. There's just a spot that every single time I pass by, it's like different Rolexes, and yeah, it's just in your face, like Rolex. And I mean, you know, you know what's up, and people that don't right. even know know that that's expensive. So. Right, yeah, it's, it's it's crazy, man. But well, there, there are certain things that make Rolex great, and what make people that are attracted to Rolex love them so much. So, yeah, but I think, and I mean, I, I'm I'm just probably speaking out of out of pocket here, but I think Rolex watches are mainly for people that are not watch collectors or watch lovers. Mm-hmm. They just get them as status symbols. I mean, right. I think, I think that sentiment could be, could be said and, and, and felt tr- uh, true across the watch collecting um, world. That's why it's crazy to me that a lot of these YouTube channels just focus on Rolex and that's all right. they talk about. And it's so boring. It's like, I like diversity. I mean, there's so many great watches, so many great designs out there and everybody's just hung up on Rolex and Rolex and Rolex. Right. It, it doesn't make any sense for them to just talk about that every single episode or every single time. You right. know what I mean? So. Right. Tell little Miguel, I said, what's up? Oh yeah. Yeah. I don't know if anybody heard that door closing, but yes, uh, that was Oliver, my son. Just, he woke up already. That's why in case you're wondering, Miguel, why do you guys do this thing so early in the morning? That is the reason why, because he's five years old and he, he doesn't respect closed doors. He doesn't care. (laughs) Five years from now, it'll be the same thing. I'll I'll be getting off work at eight in the morning to rush home to do a podcast at 10 and he'll just be getting up at 6.30 to get ready for 7 o'clock. You know, it'll be the same shit. Yeah, he'll be 10 years old by now. Right. Maybe he'll know a little bit of what, about watches. They'll be interesting hearing a kid's perspective. Mm. Maybe not a normal kid because I'm sure right. he, his, dad, his dad is obsessed with watches. So I'm sure he'll, he'll grow up with me knowing a lot of things about watches that I never knew that I just recently right. found out. But uh but yeah, man, it's a, it's a beautiful thing, watch collecting. And, and thank you so much for all the questions, everybody. Um, so those are the three that we have now. And we definitely want to talk about something that's near and dear to our hearts. And that is vintage watches. I mean, we, um, we love them. We preach about them all the time just because they're affordable. It's a, it's a good way to, to get into an expensive brand, if you will, for not mm-hmm. a lot of money. Um, we've given you plenty, plenty of examples before, but I mean, stories just continue, you know, a, a great brand Pete to get into for not a lot of money. And they're really undervalued is, um, Oris. So Oris, vintage Oris is uh-huh. just not a lot of money, man. I mean, you gotta be very careful though. Yeah. You gotta be buying. very careful. Especially you, on eBay. If you're getting it from India, you got a Franken watch. <laughs> From India, from the Philippines, from Philippines, Russia. Yeah. We're not discriminating those countries at all. If you're there, we're not talking smack about your country. It's just unfortunately that's how it is on eBay. All the sellers mm-hmm. that are from 
from that area that's unfortunately kind of what you what you uh what you see across the board and so it's it's a specific company because they always have like the same um angle in their picture so i know already right. i'm like oh yeah yeah that's definitely a franken watch and they look cool i mean i yeah for sure you know but i mean you're gonna be clowned on i mean if you you spend your hard-earned money and and you buy a franken watch if you love it go for it you know go for it and but just recognize that you're not buying an original and recognize that you are going to be not laughed at but definitely people are going to make comments about your watch for sure you know unless you straight up just come out and say hey look at my franken watch then you beat them to the punch per se right you know? and they, yeah they can't say nothing there. they can't say anything sure. but but yeah one of the things that, that we always preach is definitely vintage watches and how affordable they are and how you could get into it and we've talked a little bit about the downfalls but something happened to p ross that we're like all right we definitely need to talk about this because <sighs> we need to bring awareness and we don't want anybody coming back and and saying man you guys recommended you know this and now this happened and it's your fault and it's like now you make your own decisions you got that woman pregnant oh yeah for sure just kidding (laughs) but yeah uh, yeah yeah. if you got her pregnant it wasn't us (laughs) yeah but anyway um do you want to tell everybody what happened so i know you ended up well well i ended i bought a a vintage oris beautiful right sent you the pics oh and it wasn't rust in there Okay. The actual uh one of the uh components in there, some of them were like copper or gold or something. Okay. Yeah, so we was good on that. Um so I put this thing on, I put it on the uh the archer soft leather handmade strap. It was looking great. Well before you know we I mean? move before we move forward with the story, Archer. So that's one of the companies that reached out to you and you did a review yeah. on their straps. You wanna you wanna talk about them a little bit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Archer makes some great straps, you know what I mean? Some of the best that I've seen, you know what I mean? And de- depending on where you go, some straps are, eh, you know what I'm saying? But Archer, they make some pretty damn good straps. Well, I got free straps from two companies, which I'll be making a video soon. Not comparing them because I want to I wanna keep it a separate video and give them their respect. But Richie, I got straps from Richie and I got straps from Strap straps co and obviously two different price points straps co it's a little bit more expensive mm-hmm. but the quality definitely shows that and i've had straps co um straps before that i've seen actually have a few that i got from our friend uh ab from the watch collecting mm-hmm. strategies production company and he sent some silicone kind of camouflage 20 millimeter straps and i was like dang these are nice what the heck mm-hmm. where'd you get these from he's like straps co I never bought from them, but they, they right. did. We, we communicated. They sent three straps in for review. So I'm going to do a video on that. But uh, and great, great quality. Um, so Straps Co. Co. Go check them out. Great variety. Great quality. Not very inex- Well, I guess they're they're in the 30s, like 30s, 40s. Right. So for some people, that might be a lot. But for the quality, it's pretty good. Now, Richie, I think Richie sells on Amazon. Uh-huh. Um, I think it's a Chinese yeah. company. Definitely, they it came from China, but the packaging was actually very well put together. Not bad. They're more affordable. I think their natives are probably mm-hmm. I don't know, like fifteen bucks or something. They're right. not well. The one that I got was not a seatbelt NATO, so yeah, it's your typical NATO. The 
the thing I didn't like about this particular NATO, and I don't know if that's across the board, um, I have a six and it's not six and a half, six and seven eighths. Uh, that's how much my, mm-hmm. my wrist measures. And that NATO, for whatever reason, in the second keeper, it came out a little bit. So not enough for me to tuck it into the keeper. So I was like, what the heck? What right. am I supposed to do? So I made a video and I haven't put it out, but I recorded a video on how to resize mm-hmm. a NATO strap. So what I did, I removed one of the one of the pieces of the strap to make it a single pass NATO so it could sit mm-hmm. flusher on my on my wrist. Right. And then I took a coin to draw out the, the edge of the NATO and I cut it and I burned it. And now it's to where I, I don't tuck it in. It's it's out all the way, but it doesn't come out too much where it looks weird. Oh, okay. Um, so, yeah, so I got a silicone strap from them that is directly competing with Barton straps. I got that NATO strap, and then I got a like a canvas strap that's a little stiff, mm-hmm. but believe it or not, it's super comfortable on the wrist, and I think that's competing with Barton straps as well. So I'll do I'll do videos on those, but, uh, yeah, I just wanted to highlight those. Um, yeah. Archer, right? Right. Ritchie and straps code yeah. so i mean there's so many strap companies out there right those are three that we could definitely put our name behind of course you're going to get different right. qualities across oh the and, board. And, and don't forget our boys over at more oh well more straps is a i don't even put them in that category because they they have the best like seriously outstanding the, the outstanding best. nato strap yeah, I've never I've I've played with a lot of different NATO straps, seatbelt NATOs, cheesy NATOs, single strap NATOs. I, I've I've seen a lot of different brands, and I could tell you that none of them have even come close to to um, what my boy over there at Mora Straps is doing. And I know mm-hmm. he's he's getting close. I had a conversation with him via Instagram. He's getting close to releasing more colors like different colorways and mm-hmm. maybe different like um size options and here's the thing about mora straps now we're not being sponsored by them they sent product a long time ago right like yeah six seven eight months probably, ago no eight months ago or something yeah. so we we still wear them i mean they're amazing straps mm-hmm. mora m-o-r-a mora if you haven't checked them out so the crazy thing is when they send the straps out he was selling for like almost 40 bucks each yeah which, honestly they're worth every single penny i mean they're they're great straps but He's like, hey, I'm gonna be running this special for sixteen ninety nine or sixteen bucks or something like that. So we're like, oh, okay, cool. We thought it was just kind of like a limited thing, mm-hmm. but he just kind of kept it at that price. So right. anybody that hasn't picked up a Mora strap for the price that he's selling for sixteen bucks, you are sleeping on. You better street. go get it. You better go, go get, get it because he's getting running really low in that uh, in the in the inventory, and he has silver kind of like a silver color black, black color and uh bond yeah bond and a, a black green and red like a vintage bond yeah. as well right the black mm-hmm. green and red right and he has 20 millimeters uh 22 millimeters and he offers yeah. two finishings on the hardware either polish, brush and polish brush and polish i would recommend going with the brush just because i had both and I could tell you that the polish got scratches um, and it kind of bugged me. So I'm like, ah, I should have just gone for the for the brush because, I mean, it's already kind of. Yeah, yeah I got the brush. I got the brush. brush nice. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. Well, anyway, so you had your you got the 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 new well new to you or vintage or is yeah. it a, a 60s, a 50s, 60s. 
60s, okay. 60s. So I'm at work, and you know, in my mind, I put the watch on and I look good anyway. You know what I mean? In my <laughs> mind. You know what I mean? So I'm walking, so I go out of a door. I'm not paying attention. My arm's just to swinging. And I hit the side of the door. The crystal pops. I hear it pop. I try. Uh, look, listen. I try to catch it. My hand goes into the dial. Uh, and I said, what the flap? And I was so, so pissed. So, <laughs> I, so the, 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 the actual crystal is like nice. You know what I mean? So it was hard for me to find it on the floor. So I had to get a flashlight and look for it. I finally found it. So I'm like, well, hell, now the dollars, the, the, the hands on the dollars all bent up. You know what I'm saying? I see my second thing doing that. And oh, it, no. So it's, not, it's not going around. It's, it's stuck. Right. It's stuck because my minute hand is up mm. and it's bent. So that's when you saw the picture. You said it looked bent. I pushed it back down so the second hand could start up. Oh, man. You know what I mean? What a story. So now I have to I have to get this thing fixed. You know what I mean? And and that's kind of the downside to vintage watch collecting that you definitely have to be careful. Hell, I dropped my Seamaster the other day and I almost cried. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean it look, it, watches are delicate no matter what and you got to be careful with them but when you're talking vintage watches i mean it's so so different it's delicate right. i mean you i don't know if you do this but i do this all the time so if i'm wearing a vintage watch and i need to wash my hands i literally take, take it off out. the watch take it take it wash out. my hands make sure it doesn't get splashed it's not in the splash mm-hmm. zone then i put it back on and then when I'm getting in the truck or going through doors, like I'm so self-conscious about it and I'm always kind of paying really, really close attention and it kind of sucks because it, it takes, right. to me, it takes the enjoyment out of wearing the watch because it's like, man, right. I want to wear a watch that I could just not beat up, but right. I could wash my hands with it if I, if I want, yeah, right? Sure. Or know that if it's going to get banged on the door, like I've banged my right. SARB and nothing happens to it. It's like, all right, right cool. Right, you sure. know, it, 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 could, it could resist a hit. Or if I drop it, it's like, it's going to hurt, but I know it's not a vintage watch. So maybe I could repair right. it easily. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So yeah, although vintage watches are awesome, you need to be aware of what you're buying because that's just crazy you know very, how delicate they are but the craziest thing is well vintage right we we've tried to kind of figure out what does vintage mean does that does that have to be 50 years old 60 years old but i think from what i keep hearing and reading is a, a, a good point is 20 years 20 from, years from now you know so right. maybe a watch that was a, a 2000s right maybe now consider vintage yeah and I, could, I could tell you that if you get a watch from the 2000s or maybe even the 90s that it's definitely better than wearing oh, something from the 60s right so when we say vintage watches i think we're talking more 60 50 60 70s even 80s i mean even even eight i, I would even say so my my omega is kind of like a neo vintage i guess is what they call mm-hmm. it but eventually that term is going to go away because it's getting older and older but it's a 1990 
94, something mm-hmm. around 94, 95. And I mean, it's a Speedmaster, so I would never right. take that near water. Even a new one, I probably would be scared. But, but yeah, same thing, man. It's like it, it feels delicate. It doesn't feel like a like a solid, solid watch. If I don't right. know if I could explain it, but but yeah, it doesn't feel so solid. But uh, but yeah, man, it's 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 a little it's a little crazy. But uh, anyway, so that's that's hey, kind hey. of art. And you should have saw me because the guy that I was working with, I'm like, don't move. Because you might don't step move. on what, what happened? What happened? You, you, might, you might step on a crystal to my watch. He said, what's a crystal? What are you talking about? It has a crystal in it? And I'm like, just don't move. You know what I mean? And he stood right there till I found it. And I'm like, oh, so, my goodness. So what did he say? Oh, that's what you get for wearing a cheap watch. <laughs> nah, 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 nah. He said, wow, you're really into this shit, ain't you? I said, you just don't understand, bro. He's like, you don't even know. You don't even know. You don't even understand. I I run a podcast. What? What's a podcast? All right, you have problems, sir. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I got to get it fixed. Sounds good, man. So what, what, uh, let's, I guess let's talk to other things. What, what have you, what, what can you recommend? What movies have you watched? What, uh, video games? What, 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 what are you up to? Uh, what am I up to? Nothing. Working. Nothing. <laughs> there, hey, I'm going to tell you something. There's a store here called Home Buys. Okay. What is it? And it, it's like a department store, kind of. They do clothes, shoes, and, you know, just, you know, you're just regular department store, right? Uh-huh. So they had a sale this week. Well, last week now. Okay. On uh, Chuck Taylors and Converse. Okay. They they were selling them. You ain't gonna believe this. Ten dollars a pop. Oh wow! Brand new. Brand new. Ten dollars a pop, and I got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen pairs. Of Converse slash Chuck Taylors. I got the one stars. I got the the high top Chucks leather. Yo, I'm a, I'm gonna post them on Instagram. You're gonna be surprised, man, because I was surprised. So how much money did you spend? About 170 dollars. And your wife is cool with you spending this kind of money. <laughs> she she bought some too. That's crazy. Well, that's a, that's a good price. That you, I guess you could flip $10 them. A, yeah, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. You're not going to flip them because you're a hoarder, but. <laughs> hey, man, I'm a shoe guy, man. Oh, you're a hoarder. <laughs> you're, you're a watch guy. You're a shoe guy. You're a wallet guy. You're a backpack or I don't know what you call it guy. Bags and wallets. and You spend too much money, my friend. On <laughs> It's so funny if you, if you would like know what i spend my money on you'd be like what do you buy my wife buys nothing and i buy nothing i just buy watches every once in a while but i don't even last time i bought a a piece of like clothing was like months and months ago and shoes oh man it's been over a year i don't i'm not into my obsession is watches and that's about it which is cool i'm happy i don't want to do anything else because if i am then i'll be like Making us bankrupt. <laughs> I, I I do I do have some news for you. I may become a minor member of the Flighty Club. I don't know what that is. What it what Se- it is. Seiko Flightmaster. I may oh, be. Oh, I may be becoming okay. a member of that club. I may be. 
I've been a member of that club for over two years, and I could tell yeah. you it's a beautiful watch. It's super Yeah, cool. I know. I may be becoming a member. I don't know yet. I would recommend it because I, I, I definitely know that that specific model is definitely going is it, up in price. It's either that or the SKS. So. Well, I mean, they're both – oh, man, that's a tough one. I would honestly recommend if you could pick up the SKX right now for a, a decent price, do right. it because it's only going to go up. And the Seiko Flightmaster, I know it's a little more expensive than when I picked it up, but they're still making them. So if right. anything, I would recommend going with the discontinued model just because we already see the traction that is getting. So from an investment, and I know watches should not be investments, but honestly, from an investment standpoint, I would say stick more with the uh, with the Seiko SKX if you could pick it up at an affordable right. price. And then yeah. go with the Flighty because I have both in the collection and I can tell you something about Seiko, I guess, because it was like the first brand that really, really got me into watch collecting. It's so right. near and dear to my heart that I have watches more expensive than that and, and I don't care. I wear these more than anything and they make me happy. So Right, for sure. But something for me, I actually just watched the movie, and I know you watched this a long time ago with, with Tyrese, uh, <laughs> Black and Blue. Yeah. It was it was interesting, man. I, I, I think, look, I know when they put that movie out for everybody listening. So Black and Blue is basically about police, right? And how they use their power or, or whatever for negative purposes. In this case, it had to do with drugs. But in the movie, it does show um, discrimination against Black people. And it also shows just police brutality, I guess, if you will. Yeah. Uh-huh. And it just... It now with everything that's going on, I was like, I don't think they could have released this movie now. I know they just released it a year ago, right? Yeah, something like that. And it was bad back then, but I think it's even worse now. Like right now, that I I think people already hate cops as it is, and I don't know if this movie would do it any do the cops any justice, you know? Because it didn't for right. me. I I already don't. Not that I don't like the police. I mean, I know they're putting their lives on the line and I respect that and it, it takes a lot of courage right. to do that but my my personal experience with cops has always been negative right you know? and I've yeah. been pulled over um, many times so I used to be I think I said it before I used to be into like uh, you know fast and the furious if you want to call it watches I mean cars watches cars, cars. so I, I've had plenty of cars where i fixed them up and i put headers and intake and exhaust and change some of the some of the pistons and and modify them lower them and all all kinds of crazy things spend a lot of money on that and i will get pulled over all the time you know for my car being too loud my car being too lower my going fast whatever and every single time it was always not a pleasant experience. And I mean, I know you're, you're getting pulled over because you did something bad, but there is no reason to treat you the way they treat you or be a jerk about it. You know, you're just doing your job. You know why I pulled you over? Yes. No. Okay. You know, all right, we'll take it easy. Dry safe, whatever. No, it's not never like that. They're always super, super mean. and, And I don't know if that's what they tell them to, to act that way. And I'm not black. Um, so, that fear of me getting killed by them never really crossed my mind. Uh, but if I was, I'll be terrified. If I got pulled over, I'll just be praying to God that, that I, that for 
for speeding, I don't get killed or for right, right, rolling for sure. over a stop sign. I don't get killed. And it, it's gotten pretty bad. I mean, here, well, at least in my area, every time that you see a cop or something, you kind of want to look the other way. And I don't mm-hmm. know. The, 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 I just, I just don't I have this negative, negative thought uh, towards them. And I know it's, it's not all of them. I know there's a lot of great cops out there, of course, but, I'm sorry. I mean, all all the douchey cops, all the all the racist cops that made it, had to just put a bad reputation on the on the police enforcement, you know, or police department. Yes, so anyway, good good movie. It was it was interesting for sure. And I watched the show yesterday, and I actually watched season one. It's on Netflix. Something sneakerheads. I think it's called sneakerheads. Mm-hmm. Uh, you probably will like it. Um. It's on Netflix, so it's called Sneakerheads, and it's only one season. It's it's okay. I mean, it's kind of cheesy, but if you know a lot about uh, shoes, they definitely go into like mm-hmm. all these crazy models, and you kind of get to see the behind the scenes about how much these shoes cost and the hunt for them, right? And the knot you get the little the little knot when you're wearing something nice, according mm-hmm. to them. Um, I can attest to this. I have a few Jordans in the collection and collect it's not even a collection. I have a few Jordans in my possession, I should say, but I'm not, uh, I'm not a collector. I don't know anything about them. I just like them. So I picked them up. So I would never be able to tell you anything else than that, you know, but, um, yeah, if you're into sneakers and I know P Ross is, and I know Omar, uh, is, and I think even junior from King watch company is as well. So yeah, check it out. Um, it was interesting. I'm sure it's gonna be a part two, you know. Mm. So I don't know if you've, you've seen it or not. It just no. Nah, I have to check it. that out. Yeah, sneakerheads, sneakerheads on uh, Netflix. So mm. yeah, group of group of four people and kind of goes through their journey of it's it's. I, I don't want to give it away because once I start getting into specifics, I'm gonna give it away. So right, right. But yeah, they're, they're half an hour shows. It's a half an hour show. So you could easily sit and, and watch maybe four episodes, you know, two hours of your life. And it's only five, six episodes the first season. So mm. it, wasn't, it wasn't long. I, I think it was kind of like a pilot to see how it would work. But I, right, I think right. they'll do a season two. But what can you tell me about shoe collecting? Is it, I know it's expensive as hell, probably more expensive than watches or about it, it, the same. It, it really all depends on what you like. You know what I mean? Like me, yes, I'm a Jordan guy, but I'm not going to go beyond a certain point. You know what I mean? With it, like you got people out there that pay upwards of five, $600 for like a certain pair of Jordan number ones. Probably like, more, right? I mean, based on the show, people are paying thousands. Right, of right 10, yeah. 10, 20. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I'm trying, that's just the low end of the spectrum, though. You know what I mean? So. so Okay, so help me understand, Pira. So I'm a, I'm a, I'm not a shoe collector. I don't know anything about shoes. If you were to recommend a pair, an affordable pair of shoes to anybody out there, to get them the knot from like a, from like a shoe collector, what pair would that be? Uh, probably the Jordan mids. Uh, Jordan one mids. Um, they're going for about a hundred and thirty bucks. You know it's not I mean? so. It's not the it's not the boot styles like the mid is. No, it's, it's right. not the high top. It's like the mid. It's like like in between, a little bit higher than that. Okay. Yeah, a little bit higher than that. But I'm showing them a shoe that I have right here. Just to, yeah. 
Okay, cool. And, and, right, and it come in different colors. I have the black with the red outline. So, so is, is that considered a bread or bread is, is when it's red and black? Mm, I don't know what it's considered. It's just black with just red outline on it. So so what do people call breads? The the ones with black and red. Right, right, right yeah. Okay. And then they call what elephant print to the little crazy pattern that it has. It almost right. looks like an elephant yeah. skin yeah. or something. Right. So many terms you guys have. Yeah. I so, I know I know like the the ones that I really like are and I never be able to afford them are kind of like the collaboration that uh Kanye West did with Nike. Those things were Yeah, like, I think those going for about 5 Gs. Yeah. Yeah. Was that was that the Red Octobers? No. The Red October, yeah. And then the other ones, right? The ones that like glow in the dark, the black ones. Mm-hmm. With the, oh, mm-hmm. Those things are so nice. Yeah, yeah. The Red Octobers cost. Shit. A lot of money. Yeah. What about, I know the Travis Scotts are getting very popular as well, right? Yes, they are. And the OBOs? Travis, the, yeah. The Drake uh-huh. ones? Yeah. Let me see. The Red Octobers. They tripping. Yeah, P. Ross is looking it up, but uh, I'm pretty sure it's probably like close to ten grand. I would assume. Uh, but yeah, just like uh, with eight thousand dollars. Yeah, exactly. And well, it, they yeah. got one. Uh, the bid is five thousand, but you could buy it now for ten. So. Oh, that's it. Ten thousand dollars, people. There, jump on that eBay auction. Talk about yeah. getting a Rolex. You can get out that in a pair of shoes. <laughs> Yeah. No man. Yeah, but it, it it just all depends on what you like, man. Like, like right now, I'm liking. I have a pair of uh, Nike uh, Winflow Zooms that okay. are very very comfortable, and I think it's a bomb shoe. You know so what I, would be? Go ahead. I'm sorry. Sorry, I was just gonna say, what shoe would you not recommend people wear that you're like, oh man, that's gonna get you clown. That's that's just gonna get you disrespect. So in the watch world, we know that if you play with Invicta, you're playing with fire because we all know that. I mean, the pro diver, pro diver, yes, is is great for what it offers, but at the end of the day, if you walk into any watch club or any watch meet and you're wearing an Invicta, just be warned, you know. There so, is like no shoe that I can think of right off the bat because like people have like shoes and watches are like totally different. Right. You know what I mean? Because you know, you need a shoe to put on. You can't walk around in your damn feet. So if somebody got on a pair of, I don't know, uh, air wax, you know what I mean? Like you might laugh, but he need a pair of shoes to put on his feet to wear. So what if somebody oh, walks into a shoe meet wearing Crocs? That's unacceptable. That's what I'm talking about. That's unacceptable. What about Skechers? They're wearing a pair of Skechers. I actually like some Skechers. What? I don't. I actually, I actually I, it depends. I've tried on a pair of Skechers and they were actually comfortable, but I never pulled the trigger. So, you know. Now, is there... Is there like uh, Reebok, Adidas, Nike? Is there kind of like people hating on other brands, or if you're a Nike collector, you don't collect Adidas, or well, do you there, collect there, everything? There are some Nike collectors that don't mess with Adidas, and same way all the way around. Um, it's it's a YouTuber. He don't do nothing but collect Jordans. That's like, cool. I mean, you, yeah, you, I get you, it. You you can't come to his house with a pair of Yeezys on. 
He'll burn them right at the door. You know what I'm saying? Like, no. No. You know what I'm saying? So, like, it's really territorial, man. I get it. Yeah. But something that I noticed, and correct me if I'm wrong, but when it comes to shoes, I see a lot of little kids even into the game, right? Kids, teenagers, and even older yeah. people. It's just kind of yeah. all across the board. It's not like right. like watches. Like watches is a demographic of like late twenties into their you know older and typically right. older people that that like this. Right now, why is that? Is it because they're cool? Because basketball players are wearing them, rappers are wearing them, and shoes don't get old, man. They just don't get old. Well, watches don't get old either. I don't know. I mean, and if you think about it, your favorite rapper and your favorite basketball player, whatever, is wearing watches. But maybe the difference is they're wearing unattainable watches as opposed right. to wearing tennis shoes that you right. maybe pick them up. Right. I mean, you, you like my thing is you don't have to have a pair of Jordans. You get a pair of Nikes and still be cool. Okay. You know what I mean? So – Sounds you know, good. It, 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 it just all depends on what your style is. Me, I don't go over a certain price. So what? I'm, what's that oh, price? Hundred bucks? Nah, nah. Last pair of drawers I paid two hundred dollars for. Oh, that's pretty expensive. So my ultimate grail and make it happen. If you ever see them, uh, size nine Jordan eights playoffs. <laughs> um, I don't care what year. If they're the original ones, that'll be awesome. They came out in the nineties, but yeah, Jordan eight uh, playoffs size nine. Mm. <laughs> wow! All right, man. Let's, well, that's let's, let's look that up right quick. It's actually not that expensive. I mean, you could pick up brand new ones uh, for like because they came out, I think, in twenty third two thousand nine or something like Said that. Nine and, and a half. Nine. Said nine and a half. Nine. So they, they came out. They're like 200 bucks, like brand new. So, I mean, it's not super expensive. I'm just cheap when it comes to to, uh, to shoes. I'd rather spend the money on watches, to be honest with you. So, Oh, man, you could get these for 70 bucks right now. What, replica ones? No, just the retro white. Oh, no, it has to be the playoffs. It has to be playoffs. the black one, that colorway. But... Uh, was it black and olive? No, I'll send you the link later. Okay, right? yeah. So we, could, we could talk about that. But uh, but yeah, anyway, you know, we, we've talked about shoes, talked about watches, talked about a bunch of different things. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Mm. P. Ross, where can people find you? Everywhere. Ross Wristwatch Love. Everywhere. Instagram. YouTube. Uh, YouTube. Instagram. Facebook. Facebook. My- you know what? People need to go to Facebook because we definitely have a group and, and it's not active and we need to we need to get it going. SoCal Watch Reviews, right. right, on, on yeah. Facebook. Uh-huh. And you can find me, SoCal Watch Reviews, on Instagram, SoCal Watch Reviews, on YouTube, and Relojando. That's the Spanish channel. Relo. Relo. I get it. <laughs> I'm listening every week. I'm listening every week. Relo. He's, he's learning a new word every week. Uh, but anyway, it's been fun, Pete. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me. Hopefully, we, we, we get to 50 very soon and 100 and 200 and 300. So, yeah, if you haven't already... Go subscribe to our YouTube channels, follow yeah. us on Instagram. Yeah. And also please, please give us a, a rating on whatever platform you, you are listening to this uh, podcast on. Um, it doesn't take long. Go give us five stars or four stars or whatever. Well, actually, you know what? If you're not going to give us five stars, just we recommend you just don't go over there. But if you're going to yeah. do five or, or anything yeah. better, go for it. It yeah. definitely, definitely helps uh, because the algorithm, the way that it works, it's going to recommend our 
podcast to people listening to other shows that are watch related. So we would definitely, definitely appreciate that. Uh, but anyway, Pete, have a good day, man. Thank you, you so too, much. Uh, no, thank everybody. you, sir. Thank you. To everybody listening, thank you so much. Take care. Stay humble, my friends. Thank you.